everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branvold. And as I'm, as always, I am joined by, you know, That's it, easy for you I'm always say. joined by Jay Gilbert, but it's, it's, you know, it's that first of the year. It's like, you're trying to get yourself yes. back up to speed. And it's like, yeah, crap, what, a, what was the spiel I have to do? Yeah. Week in and week Shake out, out those I took cobwebs. Off, took off What's my co-host name again. Yeah. You forget all, all of this stuff. It's just like, <laughs> God damn, now I got to get back up to speed on what we'll am I doing? There. What am I doing here? What should yeah, I do? We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. And, and before we get into this week's great um, discussion about uh, sync licensing, um, just a real quick last week's episode about uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. Thank yeah. you for all of the amazing support we've been wow. getting from people. Lots of feedback on that. Lot, lots of feedback. And lots of people checking it out. Really positive and a lot of support from that. And it got picked up. I saw Brave Words right? Yeah. There were some other outlets that picked it up and I got a ton of email. I'm sure you did too. I, I don't know of anyone that was negative. They were all like, yeah. I yeah, heard we... from a couple hardcore Wolfgang fans who were, you know, yeah, which is expected. They're like, Oh, you're wrong. And he's the greatest guy. In okay. The world. And I'm not saying he isn't. And we weren't saying that by all means. Um, but yeah. you know, the hardcore fans, they will defend anything to the day they die. And that's why, respecting your fans are so is so important because they're the ones I just that are ask out there you to actually you. listen to the listen or watch the podcast before you shoot it down that's yeah. what i would just because I, mean, I saw a comment um from someone who clearly just read the headline and did not listen to uh the podcast or watch it so you know it's like these folks who will send around a headline from a story that they didn't read yeah you know, just yeah, it's okay. We can take your criticism. Head, big headline, boy. headline is to get your attention, but the headline doesn't convey what no. was actually said. Mm -mm. And I'd like to think we were extremely respectful in the episode. We have no personal issues with Wolfgang, his music, nope. his no success. You know, nope. I mean, we actually understand his situation. We just were in general commenting on how important it is for all artists to respect fans mm -hmm. not something that's new to us if you've listened to us over the years we've reiterated this time and time again so you know if you haven't checked it out go back go back to last week's episode where we talk about wolfgang van halen and or just do a search in our youtube channel or there wherever you you'll yep. find it i i encourage you to listen to it you got artists you work with, maybe pass it along to them. It's just, to me, it's the absolute core of everything you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Gotta respect your fans, and then you can build on top of that. Yep. Amen. Um, all right. So before we get to this week's episode, quick couple shout outs. Thank you to Bruce and Hypebot. Thank, Thank you, you to Bruce. bands in town. And of course, Banzoogle.com, built by musicians for musicians. Banzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name. Dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletter, send newsletters, 
social media integrations, and of course, their amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. We got a great offer for the Music Biz Weekly Podcast listeners. Head over to bandzoogle.com, sign up, try it for free for 30 days. And when you check out, use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And of course, discmakers.com. Thank you so much for your continued support. Yeah, We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small at selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts, online, and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Yep. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. Man, if you're not selling T-shirts in this day and age, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> it's just like leaving money on the table. You are leaving easy money on the table. Um, so we got a great offer for you. Head over to discmakers.com. Place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, make sure you use the promo code FREEBIZ, and you'll save up to $150 in shipping costs. Jay, what are we talking about today? We're talking about sync licensing, and not just for film and TV, but things like fitness and podcasting, advertising, you know, gaming, all sorts of things. We have a fantastic guest today. It's uh, Kurt DeBeek. Kurt is the CEO and CTO, Chief Technology Officer, of a company called SyncFloor. And you'll want to stick around to the end. There is a lot of great information in this one. Yeah, it's a great new revenue stream if you're not involved in syncing. So check this out. We'll see you at the end. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Today, we're joined by Kurt DeBeek from SyncFloor. He's the CEO, CTO. It looks like you wear a lot of hats there, Kurt. Welcome. <laughs> it's right. so good to see you. How to are you this morning? my head warm. <laughs> <laughs> All of us, brother. Yes, Welcome. yes. <laughs> good to see you. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Happy New Year to you, too. To you as so well. For, for those who don't know, tell us kind of the... Uh, uh, the version of what is what is SyncFloor? What's sure. SyncFloor all about? Yeah, yeah. Um, so SyncFloor is a B2B platform, marketplace platform for connecting businesses and creators to high quality commercial music from what we now have as over 100 label and publisher partners from around the world. Um, that could be people looking to use music in the context of fitness classes, uh, ads, TV shows, films, games, um, you name it. And uh, what we've done is, you know, most people, when they think about the music industry, you know, in general, they think, you know, major label known, you know, top 50 good, yeah. um, and then everything <laughs> else unknown bad. <laughs> like that's, yeah. Like that, or is it, yeah. That's, that's it. And, and you know, uh, as as you know, sort of participants and people who really love music and love the music industry, um, you know, sort of my my sort of deep introduction to it was um, was you know starting a music label, 
Um, and the, uh, you know, the thing that, that we try to tell people is that no, actually, you know, 40% of the economic activity in the music industry, um, 40 plus percent really comes out of what is known as the independent music sector, the commercial independent music sector, which is made up of a raucous group of large and small independent labels, publishers, distributors, etc., all trying to support great commercial independent artists who make beautiful music that people deeply connect with, that most people don't even understand the providence of the music that they listen to. And they're like, oh man, I love that stuff. And you're like, yeah, that's that's independence, right? Wow. And and you know, 50, I think 51, 52% of the Grammys last year were won by independence, right? It's, it's actually the fastest growing sector of the music the industry. Thing. And so there's, there's so much people don't realize, but yeah. it is part of the reason for that is it's so fragmented, right? And in some sense to me, that's a great thing, right? Lots of people doing all sorts of different stuff, doing what they love, even if it's niche and so on and so forth. Um, but it means it's really hard to get your arms around it. And so, so one of the things we decided to do was to try to aggregate you know, that beautiful ecosystem of, of, you know, sort of providers and catalog partners and make that really accessible to this whole new wave of people who are using it, yes. the new wave of creators and businesses who want to deeply integrate music into their modern experiences, their modern digital experiences, whether that be for, you know, on demand or live or what have you. And, um, and so that's, that's what we built this platform for. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a great journey. <laughs> it's really interesting to me because sync is one of those areas and, and i can't wait to dig into this with you i mean two years ago we weren't talking about peloton you know we weren't right. talking right. about you know roblox or that's right maybe that's right tiktok so, and things. yes and yes yes a lot, so a lot it's of stuff evolving, it's changing, it's like, right mm -hmm. and and here's the thing my 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 lack of knowledge about this area is is profound. Um, I've tried to learn more about it, but it, there's such a mystery to me mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but I hear yeah. that there's maybe 40, 50 music supervisors on the planet. Most people kind of know who they are and that's kind of who the majors are working with to a, a larger degree. But there, to your point, indie music is a thing. It's massive. It's a lot of what's happening and it's going to only increase as we go forward. And these creator right. tools are easier. That's right. but let's say I'm a DIY artist mm -hmm. and I'm recording some really great music. You know, how can I work with sync floor to maybe get my music in front of people who might want it for a game or for some kind of uh, TV commercial or independent movie or sure. any of those things? Sure. Um, so, so, so I'll, I'll start by saying there, there may be a few more music supervisors than 40 to 50, but, but, but I mean, in fact, it's a, it's a growing realm in, in, okay. in that sense, given how much more is happening in the context of using music and experiences. But, but actually more than that, what we're seeing is that, is that the people who want to go bring music into an experience are starting to uh, emerge as a much larger community than just what people thought of as music supervisors. The music supervisor thing, you know, sort of came out of that sort of traditional media space, right? The film, TV, advertising space. But as you start to grow, uh, you know, in terms of what people do, and as even within traditional media where things go more online, et cetera, um, you're finding that lots of people are in the position of having to figure out how to bring music in, uh, whether you're a producer or you're an editor or you're a fitness instructor or you're a podcaster or what have you, right? So, so that's, that's exploding, right? The yes. need is exploding and it's creating lots of pull through. 
Yeah. You know, what we do um, is we decided that the great unit of scale are these, you know, sort of labels and publishers that can be very small. We have some very, you know, sort of, you know, with, you know, single digit number of artists as part of the, the set of partners, right? But what matters to us are a few key things um, that they, they, they make great music, right? And curate great music. Right. So so that's in fact, in some sense, that's the the why we use those entities as sort of this um, sort of unit of scale is that they help us with this aggregate view of curation. In addition, they they focus on on what we call one stop rights. So so it's really yes. important if you're going to build um, especially a software layer that makes it really easy for people who don't understand the complex web of rights that it takes to, to bring music into some experience, right? You want, you want to sort of start at your source as having the most simple, simple view of the rights regime for that content. Right. And so we say, when we go to a partner, we say, okay, we want your best music and we want your music that's one stop. If it's one Meaning stop, we they, can, they control the publishing they, they can represent and the master. The, they, can the publishing, exact, they can represent the publishing and the master. And that, that can happen in a number of different ways in terms of their arrangements with artists. But, but it's really important that they do Understood. That. It's interesting for us to have, you know, sort of businesses in the main because the licensees on the other side, especially as they are larger or more savvy, tend to want a business on the other side making that representation, right? But we actually also have, you know, sort of individual artists. Like we, we have an example, um, an artist called Approaching Nirvana. Um, he uh, you know, sort of came up a lot in the game sphere, um, close to half a million monthly listeners. Like the, yeah. you know, so he, he runs his thing in a very savvy business-like way. And so that made sense for us to kind of have that. Um, but, but in general, what, you know, what we find is that you, you find somebody as part of your team and it could be a small, but it, they've got to be, they've got to align with your values. They've mm -hmm. got to know what they're doing with respect to who they bring around you as part of the, the family, the constellation um, that, that works on, on music around this, uh, the collective um, in some sense. And, um, and then we try to work with them to sort of drive new opportunities to them. And that's actually one of the key things that's been happening with us is that in some sense, What's been frustrating for independence is feeling like there is no real easy way to get access to, right. to these, these opportunities, to traditional yep. opportunities. But what we say is that besides traditional opportunities, there's so much new opportunity that's out there that those folks that were in the traditional sphere can't scale to. Right. But we can scale to partly because we've built it as a platform and as a marketplace platform and, and are looking at new new ways, including things like micro licensing and so on and so forth. Right. And that we've built all this software that makes it really easy for all these new entrants. Right. And so then they start to come to us and say, if I want to run, let's say, my fitness, my digital fitness business. Right. I want to not only get great content, but I want to make that really easily discoverable for my fitness instructors and my production teams. I right. want to be able to take that music and build it into a playlist and actually curate that experience so I can do mark in and mark outs on the, the, the content on each each song. So I can say, I want this section of the song. I want to be able to speed it up and slow it down. I want to do all these things that that really are about adding sort of the the extra value the extra software value on top of this content that makes it easy for me to integrate and that that you know sort of again drives new opportunity wow and i'm let, not excited about this at all let, 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 let me ask you know I, I i i love the fact that you're you're talking about making this easy easy to use easy to ingest all of this 
So let me let me come at this from a different angle. Mm -hmm. um, podcasters. I mean, yes. you're yes. on a podcast here. I've got another podcast. I've been That's doing true. podcasts for over 10 years. Yes. And, and I've been on many panels and seminars about podcasts. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, the number one question uh, a newbie to even a most experienced person says, well, can I play music in my podcast? Can I include music? Yeah. And, you know, nine times out of 10, the, the quick and easy answer is no. Don't even go down that route because <laughs> of licensing issues. So, but, but I understand that there are places like you that you can go to and license mm -hmm. music. That's Will right. you That's provide right. assistance to the person licensing that track on how to make sure... So again, in podcasting, I'm going to license some music. I'm going to get it legally through you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to then go upload it to YouTube. How does YouTube know? How do I tell YouTube that don't give me a copyright right. or Facebook yep. or Facebook or iTunes, all of the, you know, you know, as well as I do, mm -hmm. all of these places have audio yeah. fingerprinting technology out there that it's not a person. It's just a random computer program. That's like, mm -hmm. Oh, that audio, that music matches this music. It's copyrighted. We're going to, in the case, and I'll just use YouTube as the example. We're going to not allow you to monetize this content because somebody else owns the con copyright. But I licensed it. How does a podcaster, how does that third party person, will you help them in how to inform these other outlets? Mm -hmm. You've got this legally. Right. So, so, you know, it's sort of uh, that, that world has become more and more complex for sure. And, and especially as you think about sort of, you know, the number of different places that you can um, distribute your, your podcast to, you know, and in so far as like you take the, the standard places like your, your Spotify or, or Apple, et cetera, et cetera. Um, those, those have been less for podcasting, have been less prone to some of those types of issues. Although they're all thinking about what does it mean to make sure that, you know, so that the content used within the context of a podcast is, is legally acquired. Um, the, the first place it starts actually is by having sort of the receipt, the thing that the thing that says that, yes, I actually legally acquired it. And so if you go to, so we have a product called Songs for Podcasters built on the marketplace platform. It makes it super easy to discover great commercial independent music that you can license for your podcast. It actually makes it super affordable if you're doing personal or small business podcasting, nice. which many, many of the people are doing. It's the, we have licenses that start at $10. Um, and when you go through that process, it's very simple, but at the end, you still get a signed agreement. Right. Like, right. So that you say, OK, this is my thing that says I, you know, I signed right. this piece of paper in the terms of use. This podcast template license says I've got this legally for this term um, as long as I meet these set of uh, restrictions, you know, so number of downloads per episode per month and, and things like that. Gotcha. Um, once you have that. Right. On our side, you know, the onus is on and, and this has typically been a lot better for for uh, independent labels and publishers is that they're not actually trying to create a regime where takedowns are aggressive. Right. So generally what they say is that if you've licensed it from me. Right. It's on me to make sure that anywhere where I, you know, so, so in, in some cases they say 
I want to be, I want to be able to monetize on your thing if it's put on YouTube. So in other words, if you, I want to be able to let pre-rolls or mid-rolls or whatever, what have you happen. And that's all fine. Um, but there, there's a lot less interest in takedown versus being able to monetize on, right? So, so that's generally not been something we see a lot of issues of. But as long as you have that receipt, then you then there are lots of, of companies that build infrastructure that's all about saying, okay, if you register your thing with me, then I know that I can, I, I don't take you, I don't take your thing down. Um, we have we have tried to. We've tried to uh, uh, make sure that people have the receipt. We haven't built integration to then deliver that data into some of these other companies that run that type of infrastructure. But that's really a matter of time and and you know resources to make something like that happen. Versus, mm -hmm. but the key thing is that you have to start with having the the, the thing that says I, I have. I, I I I totally get that, and you know, and I'll I'll give you an example. I mean, many years ago, I had um, Jordan Rudis, who's the keyboard player of Dream Theater, on on Music Biz Weekly podcast, mm -hmm. and. He just literally did an impromptu, made it up on the spot, little keyboard solo uh -huh. and gave me written permission, signed written permission that I can use it. YouTube flagged it. Mm -hmm. Now, now this is where I'm trying to kind of side for the small guy, third yeah, party yeah. person, because the good luck emailing somebody and actually making your case. Yeah, well, so whether it's at you, whether it's at YouTube or iTunes or Facebook, Spotify, it, it's an it's an automated mm -hmm. response, response, response. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you can sit here and well, go. It's, well, it's, what's, it's what made people uh, who use Twitch really angry, right? Is is you know being right. the exactly. Yeah. So I think you you brought up the most critical part of this evolution is a process to automatically pass along that proof of purchase and get it ingested into these systems. Mm -hmm. Because again, at, at the end of the day, to me, I see that as the big hurdle of there's no way that that's automatically ingested. You're going to have to wait for somebody to automatically email you and say, um, we're not monetizing this and then start going through the fill out this form if you wish to dispute it and we'll review it and we'll get back to you in eight weeks and yeah and yeah. and especially in the case of podcasts eight weeks from now yeah yeah no, get it my, my my prime window is the first seven days yes, yes so yes. i know from and, my own experience you just go all right screw it yeah you and, know i'm not going to license again or i'm just going to let them sit with this claim because i can't take eight weeks to go back and forth to prove this no, I, so. I feel i feel you and there there's definitely you know a lot of um work that in the in the ecosystem in general to make that process more smooth mm -hmm. um that that needs to be done i i'd say that for the majority of people that are you know sort of your small you know independent podcaster using you know our stuff to get music or what have you they haven't been hit with this now some of that is because they you know, distribute to places that, you know, sort of, that's not the typical, you know, kind of thing that the, the takedown YouTube, YouTube has been out on the forefront in some sense with content ID and so on. Right. right. And, um, and, and, and but, let me be clear, you know, I haven't had a takedown notice in a long time. In a long time. I think, I think that, uh, that you, I, you usually, usually everybody's like, all right, we're just going to monetize it. That's exactly. But, that's, but, but, but again, as a happened. small, as a small podcaster, I'm sitting there going, 
Well, you know, that little bit of income is important to me. And again, I'm going to make the bulk of it in that first week. And now I'm going to take eight weeks. I'm not getting it back because if it was lost. Right. But, but here's the thing. I think, I, you know, so it's, it's a pyramid of, of users. I would say that, you know, you know, for the base of the pyramid where most of the people are that are really doing this either as a passion thing, right, or as a, a means of expression or a way of connecting in their community, the, they, they want to do it correctly, but, but that's, they're, they're not sort of monetizing in the way that creates that kind of issue. And then as you kind of go up the chain, you have more, in some sense, more you have to do because of your own commercial commercialization. Um, and that's where we start to, you know, see where we need to do better in terms yeah. of the infrastructure. But, yeah. you know, again, like for, for me, I, I feel like one of the things that we had to start by doing is making it easy to find the stuff, the great stuff mm -hmm. that you want to use, making it easy for you to acquire the license properly, Agreed. making it easy for you to be able to show the proof that you acquired. The yes. Yeah. And I then agree, after yeah. that, like we can continue to build more and more infrastructure and integration. Yeah. Well, Kurt, let me ask you a question. Is, is this a two-way street, meaning I'm representing, let's say, 13 different artists and mm -hmm. we have this body of work, they're controlled compositions, we'd love to put them in a place where people can, you know, find them other than maybe the disco platform or something. That's one direction. But is it also is it that and if I'm looking for music for my new independent film, is it can I do both? Yeah, I, no, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things. So, so when, in fact, when we first built Sync Floor, we were focused primarily on um, sort of what I think of as traditional media, film, TV, advertising. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, what we found is that we had built these marketplaces around that. And uh, when we took a step back, actually, in some sense, like many people, the pandemic forced us to take a step back, right? Because we were like, okay, wow, right. out there, it's getting much harder to make productions. Um, we saw some softness in post-production licensing, licensing because of that. And we said, okay, well, how does this affect the business that we're in? What are What is the big idea in terms of what we're doing? And how do we you know, sort of make adjustments based on, on that? And then what we found is we said, well, you know what? We've built this platform for essentially creating marketplaces to serve different sectors. And as we started to hear from clients, we started hearing that people in fitness were like, hey, we really, you know, want to find a way to legally acquire music. People were saying in podcasting, we really want a way to, for, to the, and so we realized that, oh, actually, if we look horizontally at what we've built, then we can sort of address the needs in a lot of different sectors. Gotcha. And as we started to do that, we said, okay, well, let's see what those sectors needs are, what the commonalities are, right? And, and, and try to, you know, sort of serve those communities. And in doing so, create more opportunity, more demand generation for the partners that we sort of built this thing to serve, commercial independent artists and their supporting labels and publishers. Gotcha. Gotcha. You had mentioned a second ago, micro licensing. What, yes. What's micro licensing all about? Yeah. So, so, you know, so I, in some ways, you know, it's a spectrum, right? You know, licensing is a spectrum. You can go all the way from, you know, sort of your, you know, six, seven figure license for your, your a major motion ad, picture right? yeah, or whatever. Motion, major motion picture, yeah, whatever, all the way down to, Hey, how do I, and this is where we, we kind of really got into this. Um, it was in fit because of fitness. So if you're making a fitness class, right, the, the, the cost for making a specific fitness class for, let's say, a digital fitness startup is much lower. And therefore, the, the music budget for licensing that is much lower. And you're licensing a, a set of songs, 
right? And so when you think about that, that means that each individual transaction is, is sort of a slice. But in aggregate across all that's happening in fitness, that's really interesting. It almost looks like the sort of sync version of streaming, right? And so, so then you start to say, well, okay, well, can you create a, a, a process by which that can be very simply acquired? And that's really where micro-licensing micro is all about removing friction. And so what you, because you, you don't have any room for friction when each individual transaction is a really small value, right? And so what we've done is we've created a framework for both the digital fitness, you know, sort of licensor, licensee and our partners in aggregate, the licensors to essentially be able to come together under a framework we provide to have that be sort of click through as far as the gotcha. licenses and click through where, you know, the, the fitness instructor or production person isn't really thinking about each, you know, I have to license each individual song. What they're thinking about is I'm pulling together a great set for this class. I've built the set. Here it is. Now I click one button. I say, I want to license that set for this class. And we just record that in a ledger, right? We're just saying, okay, this is what's happening. At the end of the month, we bill them for all their licensed activity. And then on a monthly basis, we pay out our partners for all the licensed activity. That sounds a lot like what happens with streaming. It sure does. What happens with downloads. And mm -hmm. that's what made all of our partners kind of go, ah, we've seen this movie before. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it twice. <laughs> so, yeah. so, right, we're in the download era and in the streaming and we're like, we know how it adds up. Yeah. Boy, let's get that stuff in there. And what's also great is that they start to see as we pay them out, we, you know, so, you know, the typical thing is that in, in this world, when you start to do that, people start thinking, okay, I guess you're going to pay me out, you know, six months or nine months later for something that happened. We pay out monthly, right? Like just saying, here you go, this is what happened this month because it's because we've made it really frictionless and we just keep it in a digital ledger, right? So yeah. here you go every month. And what they're seeing is they're like, oh, this gives me a ton of data about what's happening. I can actually like tell my artist like, these songs for viewers are used this many times in these types of fitness classes, and, right? And yeah. what we want to do is expand that and for live on on-demand and we want to expand that to other sectors as well. You can imagine in gaming, the same thing type of thing happening, right? In podcasting, the same thing type of thing happening. And so as we started to build this, we realized that like it forces you to think differently about how you record this stuff and how you, you connect uh, licensees and licensors. And then you can scale that back out to your higher value licenses as well. Got it. How is your um, how is your financial model? Meaning, if I'm an artist and I would yeah. love to put my music on your platform, so maybe somebody who is looking for some great music for their film, their game, whatever, their yeah. presentation, their workout class, that they can discover me. How do I do that? And yeah. what are the costs involved? Sure. So, so one of the things that we felt was really important was to make it so that our catalog partners that it was is really sort of a no brainer for them to join our ecosystem. Once we kind of said, hey, you have great music, you have one-stop music, you're representing great artists, et cetera, et cetera. It should be, they should be like, well, why not? Right? And so, so you know, what we do is we make it super simple. We tell them, you give us content and ISRCs, we bring right. it in, you, we are our software and our, you know, sort of our, our internal engine, we do all the work for, for sort of generating the data around that, that makes it easy to discover in our search system, in our patented search system. 
we um, the deal, right? We have we have you can you can determine which tiers you want your stuff to be accessible to. So you could say, yeah, I want it to be accessible to fitness. I want it to be, to be accessible to podcasting. Ah, I want I it to be accessible, right? So you can say which tiers so that the platform then allows that to be routed into the right marketplace. And the deal that you get is that we we take a 10% commission on the license fee, which is okay. the lowest that we've seen anywhere. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, I've seen sync places where they take 50-50. That's right. That's right. And so so 10% commission on the license fee is what we take there. The way the reason we can do that is that we feel that it's most important to stay low and frictionless for our suppliers. And that where we can increase our margin is by making great software value where we can charge a service charge above the license fee to our licensees. So for instance, a fitness company that's using our stuff, when we bill them monthly, we say, here's all your licensed activity and the licenses cost X, X per song per class. And then we charge you a 10% service charge above that activity for using the platform to run your business. And the more we can add value there, the more we could potentially, in, you know, sort of add premium tiers to that service charge, et cetera. And that that's where we, we say, we provide value, we can charge more for that value, but gotcha. you provided great content and we're not going to try to, you know, dig more from you. Right. For, for that. Right. Do you know, yeah. it's, it's, and then what happens next is that for our partners, we provide them with software so they can expose their catalog. So we have a number of partners, people like TuneCore, people like Symphonic Distributions, um, Bodega Sync, people like 45, et cetera. They all get to use our software to expose their catalogs on their websites. So we provide sort of this, either what we call sync stores. And so um, you, you know, using essentially the same marketplace infrastructure platform, right? All of a sudden you have a way for people to come to your thing, search, find stuff just for your catalog and run through our, our purchasing process. What, wow. what's the, what's the process for somebody with a catalog, an artist who's got five albums mm -hmm. and, and they're interested in this, how do they, so, okay. how do they get involved? Yeah. What are the, what, you know, is there an evaluation that has to yep. happen and then yep. walk yep. us so, through that? So, so, so I, as I mentioned before, our, our typical unit of scale is at the, that sort of label publisher level, unless like you're sort of a little bit further along as an artist where we can kind of look at it as a small business really. Um, but again, you know, some of those labels we work with micro labels are supporting five to 10 artists, right? So, so you can, it can be, it can be very small. In fact, I think we even have ones that are like one or two artists, so it can be very small, but let's, let's say, let's say you're one of these micro labels that, that, you know, you, we, you know, you come to us, we, we actually have on our site, a thing where you can, you can click on that says become a catalog partner. And so you submit to us, you go through a form, you submit some stuff. Our music analyst team checks it out. If they love the music and they think, oh, okay, wow, this is uh, great music coming from a great community of folks that, that, you know, sort of we think can be well represented in our aggregate catalog. We come to you and we say, here's the deal. It's, it's all actually in our terms of service. So it's very, we, we, we sort of built around a lot of transparency. So there's not a, no, you know, hidden contract or anything like that. It's all there. You can see what the deal is. You can see what tiers you can associate with, et cetera. Um, and so once we, once, once you feel good about the deal as well, all we ask you to do is give us um, a, a sort of essentially a spreadsheet of here's my, you know, ISRCs, you know, ISRC artist name, album name, song name, that, that type of thing, and um, give us content. And then we kind of go away, we crunch that for a while and we come back and say, here you go, your, your thing is up <laughs> uh, on the system. Gotcha. 
and and we're good to go. Is there a dashboard or any type of reporting that people like me, if I upload, let's say, some of my artist's music, it's there, and I would just want to kind of check in? So, so through this thing store, you can see like how it's represented in okay. the system, and also you know sort of um, through the the main site itself. Um, we 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 can deliver to you reports that sort of describe you know in a CSV kind of how your catalog is represented as well. Uh, we don't have that as something you can sign in and do, but we can easily deliver that to you because we have internal tools where we can generate that. Um, if you're on tiers where we where we have the ledger instantiated now, and that's yep. over time is going to be more and more, but the, you know, for micro licensing, for instance, and when you get paid out, you get paid out monthly. We actually do that payout through Stripe. Um, so you sort of, you onboard, usually we wait until the first payout, but we say, here you go. We're ready to pay you out onboard VR Stripe, you know, connect platform. You do your thing. So that way we don't have to see your account info. We just yeah. through Stripe can just do a transfer. Right. And, and we, you said you pay like 30 days. Yeah. Every month, every for, for, for micro, for the micro licensing tier every month, because essentially what happens is at the end of a month. We we run our we run our our process that gives us yeah. our invoicing you know for each customer we yeah. send the customers the invoice they pay us we we turn around well, and we we as run you the know same that's that's say, unheard of in the music business it's unheard usually, of. It's and, like, in fact it's even better because it's, it's, so, and it's usually a minimum of ninety days yeah, right. and, 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 it, and it can be much longer yeah. right exactly yeah. no, so for for us. And in fact, I would say it's even better than that. So for the micro license tier, it makes sense to collect an invoice monthly, right? Um, so we invoice monthly and we pay out monthly. For um, for individual transactions, let's say you did something for an ad, right? As soon as we get paid for that thing, we pay our partners. Gotcha. In fact, in fact, there are most part most of our partners are like that's amazing like you just you turn around yeah. you, you do a stripe a stripe transfer right away we have we have like a, few, a couple partners that are like actually no no hold on <laughs> why don't you give it to us with the monthly report <laughs> right right and that's mostly right. because of the way their process is like they're they want to ingest the spreadsheet into their royalty software and just do it right so so sometimes they're like that but we're just like, hey, we got we got money. We'll give you money. You'll give you yeah. money, and we just send you a mail saying, hey. This this sounds almost too good to be true. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna jump in, Kurt, and I'm gonna do it, and I'll ping you afterwards and let you know how the the process was. I, I find all of this. Do you, do you guys do you guys do you guys have a label that you run as well? Yeah, I have a, a label through InGrooves. Oh, nice, um, awesome. Yeah, I used to be on InGrooves with my label. I, I love those guys. Also, I, I work uh, a label through, you know, Randall and the guys at Symphonic. So I know oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, well great. Awesome. So, I, yeah. So, you know, John, of what they're so, doing, so John, you know? John, I talk to all the time. They're a partner of ours. And we, yeah. So I can't wait to jump in. And, and I just I can't thank you enough for joining us today because this has just been I'm like, I'm really excited now to like get <laughs> off the call and go do this. Go but do some stuff. before we do that. Tell our viewers and listeners, where can they learn more about, about you and sync floor? Sure. Where can they kind of, where should they go? Yeah. So, um, so, uh, syncfloor.com. Um, it, you can go to, go to our site. You can see lots of stuff about how we think with respect to, um, to licensors buyers, as well as, you know, you can click on that, become a catalog partner and you can see how we think about for, for catalog partners and sellers. Um, you can send me mail, uh, Kurt, K-I-R-T, at syncfloor.com. Always Easy. happy to, to chat Easy. with folks. Yep. Um, and those those are probably the, the two best ways. Awesome. Um, you know, of course, we're also all you know, on all the social stuff, you know, at yeah, yeah, Syncfloor, yeah. et cetera. So 
So well, we'll Kurt, yeah, I, I got to tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and talking Same with here. you. Same here, guys. And uh, you will definitely be hearing from us again. But uh, have a beautiful day there in, in my old hometown of Seattle, thank you. Washington. <laughs> you guys thank have you a wonderful, so much. wonderful day as well. Thank, great thank you so much, man. This was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks, Take Kurt. Care. Have a great day, man. All right. Peace. Bye. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. I love finding little opportunities like this, and I don't, I'm not implying that, that they're just a little company, but these right. new little opportunities for another potential revenue stream. Yeah, I can't Especially wait to try it Especially when it's easy to use. Yeah, and sync is one of those things. It's like this mystery to a lot of people. Like, you'll land a sync without trying. Somebody will just hear your music or see yep. a show, and they'll just, they want you. This has happened with some of my clients where we've gotten into commercials and actually into film just by tripping and falling into yep. it. Yep. So it's not replicatable, if that's a word. And the other thing we should mention is, we didn't get a chance to mention this during the interview, is this is non-exclusive. So if you have, you know, you can someone have, else you can who have, wants to have, do yeah, it. You can have the music as many places as you want looking that's for right. sync opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really important. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try it out and we'll, and I'll report back and I'm sure you'll try it out and report back and, and see how this goes because there, there are platforms like disco that a lot of people know about where music supervisors will go sometimes to look for a certain genre or mood or beats per minute or whatever. And that's relatively inexpensive, but it's not like that's pitching your stuff or making it available just for podcasts or just for fitness. Um, this sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, it re it really does. And and the fact that he understands to try and make this as easy and simple as possible, because to your point, sync is is a scary world for a lot of people. They know yeah. there's money to be made, but they are like, I have no, you know, when you start talking copyrights and who owns it and uh, I exclusivity, yeah, 50, 50 splits, it's it's a whole different world. And, you know, we had Jess Furman on from big noise and she helped kind of demystify this. We've had other people on and it's still, it's a very nuanced and complicated area of the music business. And it sounds like this will help kind of simplify that process a little bit for independent artists. Yeah. So go check out sync floor. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, just a quick shout out to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot. Thank you, Bruce. Bands in town. Thank you so much to our sponsors, discmakers.com and bandzoogle.com. And of course, if you've got a service or a website or a product you want to reach our listeners, reach out to Jay or myself, and we'll be happy to talk to you about yep. sponsorship opportunities that surprisingly can be very affordable. Yeah. Um, and, uh, any, oh, got to do some plugs here. Yeah. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, yep. subscribe on iTunes. Um, you're everywhere, man. We're you can actually now LinkedIn. find us on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. I think that used to be. It was a radio, it's a radio network. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like iHeartRadio, but yeah. I think it used to be maybe Entercom. Okay. I don't remember. 
It was, I, I got to tell you jokingly, it's like every time I see Odyssey, I think of the um, Apple app, which is very similarly named for editing audio. Audacity. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, so, not confusing at all. Not not confusing at all. And actually, both <laughs> of them are music related. A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. You can now find our podcast up on there as well. So if you're listening to your radio, favorite radio station on the Odyssey app, you can now find the Music Biz Week podcast on Odyssey as well. Um, so that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>